Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Custard TV podcast. It is me again, Matt. And joining me today, first of all, um, we've had a lot of letters about him being on the podcast again. Most of them are from a Mr. G. Redrup. Uh, <laughs> it's Gary. Hello. Hold on, let me just, uh, I just need to do some typing because I know Luke normally would be here right now. So <laughs> a few keyboard noises, uh, so things like that. Yes, hello. Uh, great to be back. Yes, an overwhelming uh, response to the two letters that I sent asking you back on. <laughs> Thank you. No, that, thanks for being back, Gary. It's always uh, good to have you. The the listening numbers go up exponentially whenever you're Mostly, mostly from people writing in to complain or wanting to uh, send me nasty messages on Twitter, which I'm fine with. Go ahead, mm. do your worst. From the Scotland area, Dawn is back with us again. Hello, Dawn. Hello. Uh, yes, I'm from all of the Scotland area. All of the Scotland area. <laughs> well, Gary fine. used to be the London area, and I was the Northern area, so that was the old gag. We're we're back to talk about uh, this week new BBC drama Sherwood, a single drama. My name is Leon, new uh, BBC sitcom, Avoidance, with Ramesh Ranganathan. And all up on Disney Plus is US sitcom Abbott Elementary. Uh, But first, this is our first uh, post-Jubilee podcast, or as idiots have been calling it, Platy Jubes. Yeah. (laughs) I hope neither of you have been doing that. I thought that was a character in Obi-Wan Kenobi, was it? Platy Jubes. Um, because the last podcast we recorded, we normally do on a Sunday, but we did it on a Thursday because of Luke's hectic schedule. I believe he was in one of them, um, those smart cars, what were they called? The Sinclair C5s. Uh, not an open top bus, o- yeah. Uh, open top bus. Yeah, he would have been on the 2010s bus with Rylan and Nicole Scherzinger. That would have... <laughs> Did I hear, though, that there was a bit of an issue with the buses in the sense that, like, someone like Lulu was on, like, the 50s bus or something. There were people on the wrong years kind of thing, well, or Chris, strange years. Chris Eubank was on the 50s bus. I mean, like, what, is that is his age or, like, <laughs> is that the era his dress sense comes from or something? <laughs> Probably. You know? We were chatting quickly before, and Gary, you didn't watch any of the coverage at all. No, only the clips afterwards of like Paddington and and Prince George and things like mm-hmm. that, or Prince Louis, sorry, and, and his fantastic comedy routines. I got stuck back into the wire. 
I'm afraid. He's Very regal of you. I know the twin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, you know, I believe there is a quote that says, "If you go for the king, you better take them down." So I mean, okay. it's, you know, there is a bit of that. It's the 20th anniversary of the Wire being on mm. uh, in America, and I got stuck back into it, and I'm now on halfway through series three. It's bitten me hard, and it's mm. so so good. I, I don't apologise. Sorry, Your Majesty. Um, <laughs> She didn't turn up for half the event, so I don't feel that... But you did go to one of the beacon lightings, you were saying. I did, yes. Our local uh, area had a beacon lighting, which was about 10 minutes from my house, so I could not go. Yeah, it was all right. It was a nice round of applause. Someone started a hip-hip, but no one carried it on, so... <laughs> well, that's sad. I know. <laughs> was that for you or for the queen? I think so, yeah, right. Well, we had, we had a, someone in our village got an MBE that day. So she lit the uh, torch because she, you know, she was obviously mm. a good royal connection. But no idea uh, who she is. What about you, Dawn? I mean, I know me and you certainly watched the concert because yeah. we were on Twitter talking about it. Did you watch any more than that? Or no, that was all uh, I watched. That I just love anything sort of a variety, you know, like the Royal Variety. Mm. I just love them. I like a, a televisual compilation album. Is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call uh, Queen. Yes. Was that? I believe there was a bit of furore over the fact that Rod Stewart didn't sing one of his songs and had to sing yeah. Sweet Caroline. He was clearly doing it under duress because he said, the BBC have made me sing this and then was quite bad. Play, playing fast and loose with the word sing as well there, Gary. <laughs> yes. Oh, OK. <laughs> Very odd as well. Super anticlimactic end of uh, Diana Ross just singing and then like, OK, yeah. bye. They had a hard 10.30 out, I think. Yeah. Out. Uh, but Rod Stewart did uh, do Baby Jane as well. Oh, OK. Which is the song that was number one when I was born, Fat Fans, as well. So there you go. Um, <laughs> what were your highlights then, the concert, Dawn? Anything? I think um, Tom Ryder. I thought he was mm. amazing. He just, he's going from strength to strength. The Eurovision just seems to have given him a a real boost to his arm and he just seems like I saw on Twitter people saying he should be a Muppet. He's so wholesome and lovely and obviously he has this giant funny mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's the contender to Freddie Mercury's throne and I thought, well he is a bit. He mm. has that same charisma and the, the voice is incredible. Plus he's a um, better singer than Adam Lambert. <clears throat> <laughs> And I thought Duran Duran were really good. I thought, you know, I've heard a lot of, I'm a big 80s fan, and I've heard a lot of the uh, bands and artists in recent years, and a lot of them have not <laughs> held no. up. Have you, have you heard Bon Jovi recently? Yes. Go look, if you haven't heard this, listeners, it's a real shame. It's actually a tragedy. Bon Jovi can't sing anymore, but yet he's still doing concerts. <laughs> That's the tragedy. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are sponsored by the Bon Jovi tour this week. Ah, sorry, yeah. Well, don't worry, Luke will cut that bit, I'm sure. This could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So just very quickly, um, we have got a few plugs to do. Now, Dawn, I know you said your podcast was still on hiatus. Is that correct? Yes, that is. My my co-presenter is nearing the end of her um, uh, master's. So hopefully we should be next month. We should be back to something. I, I've, been on, I've been on tenterhooks, Dawn, to find out, will we get the results of her master's on the podcast? Because uh, I feel like it's a journey we've been on with you. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> could you do a live reveal, an opening of the envelope? Right? I think we should. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch that as a, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> when she called, called me up and uh, says, oh, I'm, this is the next uh, essay I'm doing, and I, it discusses it with me. So I feel I contributed to the master. Yeah. So I hope I get as half a master's or something. Just for that. <laughs> Half the masters. I think I think that's worthy. Yeah, go for it. You have got a very thorough website as well, which we never plug. We just mentioned your podcast, so <laughs> do you want to just mention that as well? Uh, yeah, uh, no, because I can't remember what the URL is. <laughs> is it on your Twitter page? Just tell him your Twitter. It's fine. Right, be on my Twitter page. <laughs> Dawn has also been very busy on the Custard TV as well, haven't you? You've got articles on one of the shows we'll be talking about this week, which is Abbott Elementary. And a review of Big Boys as well, which I believe you're on the podcast for um, when we reviewed that. Uh, We've also got reviews of We Own This City, which we talked about last week. Sophie has done a very thorough recap of uh, Series 7 of Inside Number 9. We have a review from Milo of uh, For All Mankind, the Apple TV Plus show. That's in its third season. And Nick has done a retrospective about deadwood so there's a um, another hbo show for you and luke has written his Who? article <laughs> oh sorry yeah that bloke right, yeah, sorry. has reviewed um sherwood which we will be talking about very shortly after dawn has found the url yes, i've got it it's, it's com. i always put the tv in the wrong place that's <laughs> But it's mostly just that at the at the moment it's where you can find a few articles we've written, uh, all the links to all our videos and podcasts, and a list of all the TV shows that are sort of in our mind when we're thinking about this. And one day we will get to speaking about eventually. Gary, what's your favourite ship of all time? I, I think mean, the one, not, I think, not the not Blue Peter type ship. But... Well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think the one that Pugwash, uh, yeah. the cartoon from the, <laughs> the early 80s was on. I can't remember the name. I think it might have been the Jolly Roger, I think. you know, Certainly that was uh, foremost in my mind when I thought of ships. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, have you got a podcast yet? Everyone else seems um, to. Well, no, I, I seem to have been the pioneer of podcasting. Uh, my podcasting days are behind me, not ahead of me. So, um, Aww. Uh, yeah, well, no. Uh, have I got anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Stay in school, kids. There you are. <laughs> Don't you at, drink. At the Gary yeah. Show, at Dawn Glen 2, at Matt's TV Bites. There's the Twitters done. And the podcast that you're listening to can be found on thecustardtv.com. Also on uh, all the podcasting apps of choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, give us a, a rating review, please subscribe, all that jazz. And we will then go on to Sherwood, which is a new drama. Uh, it is airing Monday and Tuesday nights. It will have aired its first two episodes by the time uh, you hear this. It is not going on the iPlayer all at once, which is very much excited, Luke. This is written by James Graham, probably most famous sort of TV-wise for writing Quiz, which is based on his own play, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, drama. <coughs> sorry, because you were doing Quiz, sorry. Ah, I thought you were just coughing. No, no, it was, it was an act. Sussling joke there, I didn't get it. Directed by Lewis Arnold, who did Time, the Sean Bean prison drama, and prior to that, um, Des, the David Tennant, Dennis Nielsen. This is sort of semi-based on two murders that happened in Graham's hometown, but they have been fictionalised. 
Uh, episode one starts on the day of the wedding between a local councillor called Sarah and her fiance Neil, who manages a building society. We meet several locals, including uh, David Morrissey as Detective Chief Inspector Ian Sinclair, not Sinclair, <laughs> as he keeps telling people all the time. He spent his entire life policing the town. He started, I believe, as a PC. He lived on like the small terraces that we see throughout this drama, but has now moved out to sort of the suburbs. We meet Gary Jackson, who is Alan Armstrong's character, and his wife, Julie. Gary, uh, like a lot of the residents of this town, uh, was a miner in the 1980s. A lot of the town were sort of supportive of the UDM, which was a breakaway union that didn't support the strike and went back to work, whereas Gary supported the strike and that has sort of still stayed with him. He's currently fighting a form of prosecution, a form of arrest, uh, which we find a bit more about in, in episode two, like the historic sort of appeal that he's currently doing. This is sort of still staying with him. When we see him at the wedding, he verbally abuses a character called Dean, who he describes as a scab. Julie is also sort of severed ties a little bit with her sister because sister's husband similarly, I think, went back to, to the mines and has now got, is it like emphysema or something? He uses oxygen. certainly COPD, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the big inciting incident is a couple of days later, after a night out and another verbal altercation with Dean, Gary is found uh, murders on his doorstep after being shot by an arrow. St. Clair is, is uh, tasked with overseeing the investigation, uh, potentially finds a link to Gary's arrest in 1984. Uh, when he finds that there's sort of elements of the file that aren't available to him, he contacts Ian Salisbury, who's Robert Glenister's character, now a DI in the Metropolitan Police. Salisbury is reluctant to pass on the information, but his superiors advise him to travel to the town, help out the investigation. And gradually, it's sort of one of those things where secrets of the past are revealed uh, with more of the characters arousing suspicion uh, as the investigation continues. Now, Gary, I think one of the reasons I asked you on this week was because this feels like a very old fashioned drama in a way. I don't know if you agree, like something that the BBC were regularly putting on like say 10 15 years ago because this is the conversation me and luke have had about it would you agree I, I would agree and i think one of the key things that they did very well was the opening scenes that you you didn't mention was that the, the mm, a really yeah. look back at the 1980s minor strike yeah th- this did feel like a real departure from what they've been doing recently and possibly this does impact why they haven't put it on the iPlayer. maybe it doesn't fit that narrative of being on the iPlayer. There was a lot of build to that murder. A lot of dramas recently will start with an incident and then do like the Luke favourite 10 years ago or a flash forward. This started with a build of tension and, you know, all the problems that are going on between the different characters. Then the murder happens about probably about half an hour in, maybe Mm. 40 minutes in. Yeah, I'd say about 40 minutes probably. Yeah, and then you get, obviously, the start of the investigation and everything. So you know a little bit about everybody before the flashpoint happens, which I think I prefer as a way of doing it. And as you say, it's much more the older style uh, for, like, a BBC drama. And I think as well, like, the cast they've got is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you've got so many fantastic Mm. British character actors, you know, David Morrissey, Alan Armstrong, 
Leslie Manville, Philip Jackson, Lorraine Ashbourne, Claire Rushbrook, Kevin Doyle. So much so that I actually recognised the woman who played the mayor, and I don't know if she's in it again. You mean the sheriff, sorry. Sorry. The, the sheriff. sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Sunitra Sarka. Yeah, um, I recognised her and I don't yeah. think I've seen her since. So Yeah, so, I mean, the the, the cast is, you know, Joanne Frogger, Adil Akhtar, there's probably people I'm missing out, but just like a fantastic yeah. cast. Everyone in it is someone, even if you don't know their name, you'll know them from something. Dawn, did you, what did you make of this? Did you enjoy it? I, I thought it was really engrossing in a way that other similar dramas that have been around recently haven't been. And obviously there were so many relationships going on that you're just sort of given a taste of. In other dramas I've watched, it just left me baffled. But this didn't. It, it really made you go, what's, what's that about? Mm. What's going on there? Why are they estranged? What's the significance of... And a lot of it does become clear quite quickly. And I thought, as it gets into the second episode, it becomes very clear who is the murderer. And the second murder occurs, and we know who the murderer is because we see it. You know, the, the old Columbo uh, way of doing things. They show the murderer, you know who it is. It's not a who done it. It's mm. about the investigation, about and them uncovering why, you know, all the connections. I, I loved all the callbacks to the, to 1984. And the, uh, mm. there was even one scene where they had Nick Kershaw, they won't let their son go down on. Oh, yeah. Pattern, and I thought, oh, that's Was that at genius. the wedding? Was that at the yes, wedding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was thought that's so clever. Funnily, I just watched the film Pride uh, the night before I seen this, so I was on a I was on a real minor strike, you know, mindset, <laughs> <laughs> binging the minor strike, and and the fact that uh, as you said um, at the start where they they give the montage and they they make clear how much uh, mm. Thatcher and that so that we understand Joanne Frogart's character why she's hated because she's a Tory. It's still, mm. she's a Tory councillor, and that in that village, that is still no. Mm. <laughs> what I thought was interesting was I thought she was going to be a main focus. She's the opening, you know, character. You see her yeah. delivering leaflets on her wedding day to, to re- advertise the fact that she's the local Tory councillor. And actually, apart from the wedding, you really don't see that much of her in episode one. They really are making this an ensemble. Mm. They make, they're really striking the fact that you've got six or seven really strong character actors, as Matt said, that have all got strong storylines. You know, you really feel part of this town already. You feel like you've lived there for 20 years as a, as a viewer because you get so much history in that first episode. It's interesting, I think, that you get more from these characters as it goes on. Gary hasn't watched the second episode yet, myself yep. and Dawn have. You learn a little bit more about that Joan Froggart character in the second, I believe her name is Sarah. She was an independent councillor and is now running uh, as a right. Tory. And it does have that sort of newness to it that they're, you know, the old Tory, the Labour red wall that is now been broken down by the Tories. And actually she has got some history as well because her late father was the coach driver that took all the miners to the oh, which, which you saw in that opening montage mm. of them being haggled as they yeah. came in. Yeah, the scabs. So she's uh, got a link to it as well. That's sort of why she's not a Labour councillor in a way, and it explains her politics. So it's so the depth that they go to. And actually, I liked how we had Joanne Froggart here playing a little bit of a different character to 
what we normally yeah. see her as when we reviewed uh, Angela Black last year. You know, she's always like the victim or like, you know, a likeable woman who something happens to, whether Downton Abbey, liar, Angela Black, you know. But here she's quite a brittle character. Her relationship with Adil Akhtar, who is a, her train driver father-in-law, who is very awkward, but like oh. we, we learn things about him in the second episode, don't we, Dawn? There's a very uncomfortable scene in the oh, well, I, I, involving a Bluetooth speaker, that's all we'll say. The direction took a little bit of a risk at times. There was a great scene when I think it's the son of the guy with COPD, his son, mm. who's a dodgy character who's about to go into jail. Yeah. Um, we learn as well. I think we only learn in second second episode that it's benefit fraud, Gary. That he. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So I so say you don't know what it is in mm. the first episode, but there's a lovely shot going over the top of his shoulder as he walks into the house, and I believe that also happens when you go to the Sparrow House, mm. which are these local kind of like dodgy drug dealing taxi drivers who own it, uh, archery thing that's as well. It. The, yeah, the link is they own the archery. And they're kind of like set up as this kind of like mysterious kind of like there's the great scene when they're doing the police bit and they somebody says, oh, the sparrows. And, and he goes, oh, then, you know, and it's kind of it just gives you that breadth. There is so much history and local knowledge going on here. I also did love the fact that they set up their police investigation in the local church mm. with that big, huge illuminated cross behind them. It's not this kind of cold police office with whiteboards. We're having to set up where we can in the village which I thought was really good. I thought it was a nice touch. And you've also got like the, almost like a Romeo and Juliet type story with the, the granddaughter. Oh and yeah. And one Gary's of the granddaughter and the, the Sparrow boy. And that sort of plays into the second episode as well. We could talk about this for ages because there's just, it, it's just so deep, you know, there's a depth of story that you don't often have. David Morrissey, obviously fantastic. He's very much the sort of the stable figure in this, but we, we see obviously that there's, this goes back to him as a young copper and his relationship with the Robert Glenister character, who himself, as we see when he goes back to the town, Dawn, that he, you know, there's some yeah. things there. There's a relationship that he had, which may have been against the rules. We're not sure. I did love the fact that the, as you said, with uh, David Morrissey, the policemen around him, that's how you get to know everything. Because they're like, well, what does scab mean? You know, mm. they don't know. They didn't grow up in that area. Yeah, He's kind there, of like giving you all that explanation. There's a great scene in the second episode, actually, where he sort of berates the younger officers for dismissing the use of the word scab, where he says, you know, that word carries mm. a lot of weight around here. I think it does a, a good job, as, as you mentioned, Gary, that opening scene of maybe explaining what, what the you know the minor strike the significance I think as it goes on, people who maybe are you know like a younger audience get that sense of it. I think as well, James Graham has done such a good job of imagining this. The as I said, the terrace is very prominent. You know all these characters who are in and out of each other's lives. You've got the the sisters played by Leslie Manville and Claire Rushbrook who live like round the corner from each other but have fallen out years ago because of their husbands. Leslie Manville, absolutely fantastic. Again, playing a little bit against type, because she off yeah. she recently has played more sort of reserved characters, but here is playing very big, very brash, very loud. And then obviously that life gets taken away from her when her husband is killed. I, I love the 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 like the local dialect, the you know, the the first scene with Joanne Frogger where he says, You're right, my duck. And yeah. 
<laughs> she tries to explain to him why he should vote Tory. You know, these dramas that have a sense of place, you know, British dramas are so rare now. You know, we thinking on the BBC, the only other one I can think of this year would have been The Responder. I do think the idea of putting it over two nights is good as well. Yeah, so... I applaud that. Three lots of two nights, six episodes. Yeah. Um, but again, not all going up on the iPlayer. As Luke said, whoop-de-doo, or something to that effect when I talked to him last night. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Another BBC drama now, single drama that aired on Friday night. It is now on the iPlayer. It is My Name is Leon, and I will hand over to Gary just to run us through the basics of that one. Thank you very much. I might need some help with names, Matt, all right? Just just to give you You're a You're called Gary. Right. Your name is yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, my name is Gary. Right, thank you very much. <laughs> my name is Leon. Sorry. So this is based on a book by Kit Duval, and it basically follows the life of a small boy called Leon growing up in Birmingham in the early 1980s. He has just had a baby brother born to him, uh, but it's not from his dad. His dad is missing in the series and his mum has had an affair with a married man and the baby has been born out of wedlock and the father has disowned, claiming that the baby is not even his. This causes his mother to go into a form of postnatal depression. She doesn't want to get out of bed, leaving Leon to be the main caregiver for the baby for a few days. He does his best, but runs out of nappies and food and money, as you would imagine any kind of six, seven, eight year old would, even how resourceful Leon is. And then the family get taken into care together. Uh, they go off to live with a lady in Birmingham. Maureen. Maureen. Maureen, thank you. I don't have character names. For some reason, I've looked this up, but I don't have character <laughs> names. But I know that it's played by Monica Dolan. Yeah. Thank you very much. Who um, was in Pride as well. Who was in Pride and uh, <laughs> W10. Uh, and she plays a foster mother who basically takes in the two children to start with. But very quickly, the baby gets fostered or... Um, uh, adopted adopted by another family and leon is left once again alone and then unfortunately uh, maureen has an accident at the home uh, which leon finds her she goes into hospital and he's cared for by maureen's sister sylvia thank you she just got you to uh, but she's brilliantly played uh and i've got her name down here olivia she, williams she's clearly played by olivia williams who is completely opposite to her sister her sister was the re- maureen is the very nice one and the sister is kind of like the you know the evil stepsister a little bit, though she doesn't quite go full evil. Leon is kind of more liberally allowed out. Now, for those of you that are a bit more millennial, in the 80s, we were allowed out for hours upon end without our parents needing to know where we were. So some of you might watch this and think, oh, my goodness, what is that kid doing out on his bike on his own? That was how it was in the early 80s. I used to go down the park with my mate on my bike for hours and then I would go home when it was dinner time, when I was hungry. And it's a bit more about how it was in the 80s. Dawn is nodding. So I'm getting some affirmation on that one from Dawn. While he's out and about, he comes across a, um, what are those garden things called? Allotments. Allotments. Jesus, Karen. <laughs> I'm just having a break. You know what? I was so prepared earlier. I thought you were being really delicate, trying not to see something racist there. Because when he no, comes no, no, across no, no. it. No, Dawn, you've never podcasted with Gary before. I knew he was trying to find a lot somewhere. I'm trying my best. They come along to the Rotmans. Leon is uh, born to a black father, so he has Mm. black roots, but has never really uh, been around. His mother was white. 
all the foster carers that he's had a white. So he starts to get involved in uh, the black community down at the allotments. We meet Lenny Henry in a very surprising short role. We also meet Christopher Eccleston in a very surprising short role, considering how well known both of them are. He gets uh, befriended by, and I've got this one written down, don't worry, I'm there. He gets different, He gets befriended by a friend called Tufty, played by Malachi Kirby, who basically is down there um, growing and just being on the allotments. He's also involved in some of the racial tension that's going on in Birmingham in the early 80s. He's uh, upset the fact that the police had arrested and then subsequently killed his best friend, uh, who was um, also on the allotments. And basically, Leon ends up, for some bizarre reason, ends up involved in the rioting and ends up getting hit by the police in the middle of these riots. The story doesn't really have the kind of well-known sort of wrap-up ending. This is not a story that has a beginning, middle and end. This is a lovely telling of an experience that Leon goes through, this kind of growing up in Birmingham in the 80s, in and out of these kind of foster care situations, never really having connection with his mother, not knowing his father. And what you see is the connection he makes with these people down at the allotments with Tufty and how he's influenced because of his heritage and his background. And I suppose one of the major things that I really ought to say is that he has these wonderful sweet moments where he uses his action men figures to protect his brother. And he lets his brother take one of the action men with him. And, it, you know, if this was a drama, you would get, you know, like a reunion of some sort. But it's not. This is just a wonderful, sweet telling of an amazingly emotional story that got me. I have to be honest, Aww. it really got me. There's a couple of reasons why. One is it resonated with me as a child of the 80s. You know, it, there was a lot of that. Secondly, my mum had postnatal depression after I was born, something that's come up recently again in our family with 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 her health. And it just really hit me how hard and how difficult and how how, how much that affected Leon as a young person um, of that lack of relationship and lack of connection with his family. And thirdly, my niece is adopted um, and spent a year with a foster family. So, again, there was that connection with me of seeing what that was like and seeing how much, you know, there was the, the conflict between Maureen and her sister of you're going to stop doing this, this adopting thing. It's taking you out of it. And it's what we think, but in the end leads to Maureen going into um, hospitals, how hard she gives, you know, in being a foster mother. So I found this incredibly emotional, but absolutely watchable. I, I sat down. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. I think it was about six o'clock last night to watch this thing. I'll give it maybe, it saw the length of it and thought, I'll give this some time, maybe three goes. I watched it all in one go. I could not take my eyes off the screen. 
you did touch on it, but one of the sort of the key themes in this is that Leon is mixed race yeah. and that his brother is white and how one of the sort of the recurring things and I watched this with my mum who's worked in as recently retired but worked as a social worker for like 30 odd years so how much easier it is to have a white a white child adopted than a mixed race child and a mm. white baby as well specifically so that is why they get split up he gets adopted and um Leon stays with uh, with Maureen in foster care I mean, I always think I'd be interested to see actually how the book is laid out because there was a lot of bits where I felt, was this more prominent in the book? So, for example, you know, Lenny Henry's character, Chris Reckleson's character, who was Northern Irish, presumably was involved in the Troubles at some point because he had that conversation where he told the the one character not to get involved in the rioting and and that's... You know, but these big actors, you normally would would think that they would have one sort of big scene, which neither of them had really. They were almost just like there. I really enjoyed the performances. I, you know, um, Monica Dolan, Olivia Williams. Uh, the young actor is called um, Cole Martin, and he was fantastic. You know, for a, for a drama that you're seeing it through a young protagonist's mm. eyes. You know, he was absolutely spellbinding. I just, I, I didn't, I'd never really connected to the story. It almost felt like it was going somewhere and then didn't. The thing with the riots, it it wasn't as powerful as it possibly could have been. And again, I, I suppose because you're telling this through Leon's eyes, mm. he doesn't really understand what's going on. But I think as an audience member... I, do, I just didn't feel it was as powerful as maybe some of the other single dramas we've watched recently. The scene with the riot was more about him. Yeah, definitely. It was the riot, because he, mm. he ends up shouting at the policeman, do what you want, I, there's no, I've got nothing else to lose. He's not involved in the racial tension, it's about yeah. himself. So I no, agree I got, with you there. I, yeah, I just, I, I, I know this isn't a technical word, but it was very sort of bitty. Do you know what I mean? It was sort of very fragmented. There's a nicer word to use. <laughs> um, nothing sort of really hung together. As I say, I really like the performances. There was some interesting sort of single bits. Like you say, when he's first exploring his culture, there's that bit where he goes to the, the shopping arcade and he hears that music and he mm. sees these different stores and the, like, the, the vegetables that are out on display and bits like that. And then when he goes to the allotments as well, um, but yeah, for me, it, it was just sort of a little bit underwhelming, I would say. I still enjoyed it. I thought the cast were excellent, but it just didn't really get, you know, it didn't go to that next mm. level, I suppose is what I'm saying. Yeah, halfway between both. <laughs> <I really laughs> That's okay. I really enjoyed it, but I do think it there could have been more. I think the, the, the reason is because it is entirely through Leon's point of view. So there's so much not explained. We, we never know what. what is wrong with Maureen? She's in hospital for a while, and nobody ever says because yeah. nobody explains to the ch- a child, you know, what's going on. And I think it, it lightly touched on a, a lot of topics where other dramas would maybe focus on like the postnatal depression or a single mum, or then the horrors of foster care and be- going from foster care to foster care, not getting adopted, and or or the racial riots mm. and his identity as, as a young mixed race boy and not having any um role models and they, 
So I think it's because it sort of lightly touched them all, on them all. I would have liked more of each, but I think the reason for that was because it was Leon's story, and so it was just mm. what he experienced, and so he is only ever experiencing anything on quite a superficial level, because that's how a child does, you know. And it, yeah, all he cares about is his his experience. And I suppose if this had been a four or six episode drama, yeah. you're right, they would have gone more in depth to some of these issues. But this is almost like a, well, it's a film, basically, mm. isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, yeah. this is it's a 90-minute, it's a farmer film. I don't disagree with the points that you've raised. I think, you know, as, as you say, I think a lot of people out there will watch this and have a variety of different views because I don't think there's a lot else out there like this on television. I think it's quite different. And as you say, it doesn't go in-depth, which a lot of people would have liked into the history. It does stay very superficial. And I like that point you made, that you don't understand postnatal depression, foster care, because you're seeing it through the eyes mm. of a seven or eight-year-old. I, I mean, there is that one bit where he goes, what does siblings mean? He yeah. says to her, doesn't he? And she doesn't explain either. <laughs> that was really annoying. I'm like, tell him. I get what you mean as well, that he didn't have that sort of almost like that cathartic ending that you would expect, but it is yeah. very much a a coming of age and a sort of realisation of, of where he is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it, but, you know, I, d I don't think I'm going to remember it when we, when, you know, looking back on what we've watched this year, I, I didn't think it was a memorable piece. I thought it was going to be something completely different from the trailer. I thought it was, we were going to see some of Leon at that age and then we would see him, now or you know 20 i was so ago. glad we didn't though <laughs> looking for his brother just that was what the impression i got but yeah, yeah definitely something else <laughs> um, i mean and i thought it would be him with different foster carers from the well yeah <laughs> well, it, well it was but not directly because you know he yeah. was with maureen's sister for a while but mm. and again it was like the only thing again matt working in that kind of field now, you wouldn't get somebody just living with their sister while they're in hospital no. if they're a foster care. Well, I don't think she... Well, they knew about it, I suppose, because I, well, I, I was yeah. like... So, like, it wouldn't have happened yeah. now, would it? But, you know, so it does show how different things were. In they would have time. at least had to, like, DBS checker and stuff before. Well, exactly. <laughs> they didn't exactly show social workers in a great light. I think that was the only yeah. thing I thought it was a bit unfair. Job Nadalati was all right, I thought. But the the, the guy, when he came oh, in, was all yeah. over the place. I would have yeah. expected that to be his first case almost. But you say that about Olivia Williams's character. I just think she didn't have the maternal instinct. So that was it. I mean, she liked, she well, clearly yeah. liked Leon. And there was the scene after the social worker had come where he'd, like, you know, he'd, he'd cut himself and she was like, you know, life's rubbish. It's going to be rubbish. You know, let me clean you up. And, and then she goes, oh, clean all this up, which is sort of like the, the most affection you're going to get from her. But, it's, but you know, there was the affection one. there, just not like a maternal affection that, that Maureen had. I think that's what. Yeah, but in, in the same sense, this is the same woman who at the beginning forgets a birthday present, claims that, you know, if you if you if my sister's injured, it's on you. She mm. starts off as the evil stepsister, but as you say, mm. she mellows. Yeah, again, I think it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's not just evil, but she's not, I suppose, not had experience okay. of children. Yeah. I think that's what. Um, but yeah, so I, I think possibly I didn't get as much out of this as you guys did. Uh, possibly not being a child of the 80s as well. <laughs> wow. Hopefully you learned a few things along the way. Yes, you know, I so. did. I, I, had my, I had my notepad out and was taking. Well yeah, yeah, OK. Um, 
it's on the iPlayer now. I'd definitely give it a, a go if you didn't see it. And and yeah, so we will now move on to our. It's very BBC heavy today. Yeah, are we, are we being sponsored? Is it, is it what's going on? You know. And we're back on BBC One uh, for Avoidance, which is a new sitcom. It's ri- co-written and stars uh, Ramesh Ranganathan. As the uh, the press notes say, he plays a conflict avoidant beta male. Uh, called Jonathan, who works in uh, running speed awareness courses. Uh, the episode starts with Jonathan's partner, Claire, leaving him. He is then forced to move in with his sister, Danielle, and her wife, Courtney. The basic building blocks of the first episode are him not wanting to tell his son, Spencer, that he's separated from his mum. That's basically it. The second episode is very in the in a, in a similar vein. Um, again, Gary didn't watch that. You know, he didn't do any of his homework this week at all. Hardly any. Um, I, I learned the name Monica Dolan. How dare you? But couldn't remember allotments. Um, well, but yeah, yeah the, the, the second one is Jonathan attempting to get Spencer in with the popular kids at the school and sort of going through very sort of outlandish methods to do so. So, Gary, you watched just the one episode. What were your thoughts about avoidance? I struggled a little bit with this. I'm a fan of Ramesh Ranganathan. We had a thing on the podcast about him a long time ago, didn't we? We did, because you couldn't remember his name? Couldn't remember his name. No, he was the one name I could say. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the one name I could remember. Um, (laughs) And the thing is is that Ramesh has kind of, he started off as quite an edgy comedian. He's now moved very much into the mainstream. He did the most recent series of The Weakest Link on BBC. Mm. And... Maybe this is his reward for getting into the mainstream. Well, this this is his first thing that has been produced by his own production company. Yeah. And it's it's not offensive. It's certainly there's no swearing very much. I think it was any. Although it does deal with some difficult issues of divorce and uh, gay marriage, gay, uh, gay couples. It isn't what you call an offensive comedy. You know, there's no in your face kind of stuff like that. It's very gentle. The relationship between Ramesh and his son is extremely heartwarming. But there's also not a lot of comedy. You're mostly focused on the fact, as you say, that Ramesh is a wimp. His character, Jonathan, is a wimp. You know, he won't face up to the fact that he's going to get separated from his wife. He won't face up to the fact. That... Not not his wife, Gary. Sorry. sorry because he never bothered to get married. That was one you're of the things right. I mentioned. He never got down on bended knee and proposed. You're quite right. And it has these kind of very nice characters I quite like Courtney, the um, the sister's partner. She's a very... Lisa uh, McGrillis from Mum, if you remember her. Character. I didn't watch much of Mum, sorry. Um, and, and yeah, and I really, I like that bit of it, but it wasn't really that funny. And I don't know that it was meant to be. It kind of sat very much in that kind of like drama comedy part. Mm. There were no belly laughs. There were no laugh out loud moments for me, but it was, it was nicely inoffensive. I could probably watch this, but I'm not going to record it and watch it. But if I'm at a loose end on a Friday at 9.30, I would watch it. It's all on the iPlayer as well, Gary. Oh, well, there you are. I, I, I think it's what they call, they, they've dubbed like a sad com. You know, like there is that air of sort of sadness in it. It did remind me a little bit, Dawn, of, of Life and Beth in that way. You know, again, almost like a low energy to it, to the, the lead character. Uh, what what did you think? I just found it very meh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, a very technical term. <laughs> I mean, I, I I felt sad because I love all the cast. They're all you know comedians and actors that I really really enjoy. But I I agree with Gary. I didn't find it particularly funny. And I think one of the big things for me was I just didn't find Jonathan, the lead character, very 
unbelievable. Because Ramesh is so well known as such a sarcastic, dry comedian and just his persona, you know, on, on the way weakest link and whatever. And and so I didn't really buy him as a whim. And I and I thought it was a bit uneven that I, I didn't mm. think his behaviour. I am a hideous people pleaser in real life. Hideous. And they not to get into because you've told a lie because you didn't want to just make the slightly uncomfortable moment lead to just all oh, the things I can tell you about my own life that I've got into stupid circumstances. I think there's a don't sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> so I know how funny that can be and how, you know, it, it, it uh, snowballs. And I never felt that. The, the way he acts, especially in the second episode, mm. trying to sort out his son's that was really awkward, wasn't it? It just yeah. felt like... The only bit which I found him likeable was when he went to the school in the first episode and he was having that back and forth with the yeah. know, teacher or administrator about, I want to see my son. No, I want to see the other kid. No, in fact, leave it. That was the only bit where I had any sympathy for him because you could kind of see the cogs whirring in his head of, oh my goodness, I must tell my son before someone else tells him, oh my goodness, I must tell the other boy not to tell him. But the, uh, you're absolutely right. Met is the exact right review. I just think it was all very low energy because the character is really low energy. And you're right, Dawn, that, you know, we, we know Ramesh. We've seen him in a lot of... I mean, I love the thing he does with Rob Beckett on Sky. Yeah. I don't know if either of you've seen... Oh, yeah, well, they Rob, do various... Rob, Rob, Rob and Ramesh versus... Yeah. yeah. They're, like, excellent. You know, they're really easy to watch. I mean, as you say, Weakest Link. He's done a couple of sitcoms already, hasn't he? I mean, he was in, obviously, King Gary. Gary. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, the Reluctant <laughs> Landlord. I, I really enjoyed the Reluctant Landlord. I'm not seeing that. That's on Sky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they had to try and sort of mould that sort of persona into, like, a, a, a BBC sitcom protagonist almost, but... There wasn't anyone that you really wanted to follow the journey of. I think maybe making the son Spencer like almost like a mini Ramesh in a way, you know, rather than perhaps someone who was like almost like a smart Alec character. That might have been, you know, something, you know, you saw it from his sense, his side more. Um, But he was quite quiet as well. The Courtney character I didn't really gel with. I think all the female characters felt quite underbaked. I don't know if you agree, Dawn, yeah. you're nodding. Yes. Um, I mean, I didn't really believe Jessica Nappett and Ramesh Ranganathan as a couple. Oh. <laughs> no, exactly. There was no explanation of... And the fact that his sister-in-law really quite horrible about him. Mm. You know, and I thought, well, he's just a little bit... Not, not not mostly to his face though. A lot of that was on behind yeah. the behind True. behind his back. True. And his sister, I felt, was the, the most underdeveloped character. Mm. I got absolutely no handle on who she is as a person at all. Which all, all you found out in episode one is that she's a therapist. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's it. You didn't find mm. anything else about her. I don't know whether you get a bit more in episode two, but. No. Well, the you don't. <laughs> she's always, like, trying to clean up his mess. That seems to be the character. Well, she, she's, like... in a, she's effectively the enabler. Yeah. She's, she's enabling him. Although she sits him down and has, you know, a good chat with him. She enables him. She allows them to stay there, even though they're supposed to be going away and all that. Sorry, I'm getting far too involved in what is just oh, a, what is just a mid comedy. It just never really engrossed me because the character never really wanted to to do. You know, it's called avoidance because he's avoiding any yeah. conflicts. But it just to me, there wasn't any sort of big moments. It was just all really low energy, and it it just never really. I never really got to that next level with it, and. Yeah, doing you right, I've, Matt is a very good. I, I've, I've got it. I've got it, Matt. Is your recommendation to avoid avoidance? Yes. This just in for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. And we have another sitcom now. Um, this is Abbott Elementary. It is an American sitcom. It's all on Disney+. Plus Now, Dawn, I know you were eager to watch this and wanted to know when it was com- coming to the UK. So what was your, you know, initial, What? how would you heard about this? Because it's not something I was aware of particularly. A lot of my American friends had been very evangelical about it. And also because there is a, a will they won't be ship in it. My, my friends of that you know, that kind of taste. And a few, you know, entertainment websites had started talking about it as well towards the end of its its run. It's uh, 13 episodes on ABC. And it did start to pick up quite a bit of a, a, a blurb, especially for for that aspect. But I, uh, they were right. So... <laughs> There's no view. Right, off we go. Do you, do, you, do you want to just run us through sort of the, yeah. the basics of Abbott Elementary? It's... Uh, set in West Philadelphia. Oh no, that's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is in, in, in a, a poor area of Philadelphia. Uh, set in an elementary school. It's written and created and stars Quinta Brunson as uh, Jadine Teague, who is a yeah, a, a second grade teacher, I think. So I'm assuming that's like second a, year, I think, as well. Yeah. So yeah, six year olds, little little kids, anyway. And um, she's in her second year. Most teachers leave this school after one year because it's such a, a, a difficult job. Uh, but Janine is very hopeful and optimistic and gung-ho. So she stuck it out along with her friend Jacob, who is a bit more of a sort of awkward. He's a history guy. I didn't know schools had individual teachers like for subjects. But I don't mm. know. No, they don't. It must be an American thing. Yeah, Yeah. street teacher. I used Uh, to teach primary school, Dawn, so that's not a thing. (laughs) Good to know. There's the 
principal is Ava, who is a glamorous, attention-seeking blackmailer who got her job uh, by nefarious means. Uh, and I mean, I'm, it's not clear at all what she did before this, so I don't know what her qualifications are, but she's... Uh, Social media influencer, probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's there to... I mean, she, she doesn't seem to do a terrible job, so I don't know. And there's two uh, much more experienced teachers who stuck it out, who are uh, very worldly wise and have, you know, seen it all. Uh, that's uh, Melissa, played by uh, Lisa Ann Walter, and Barbara, played by Cheryl Lee Ralph. And then uh, the they get uh, one teacher uh, from this fired for kicking a pupil, and <laughs> they get a, a, a sub who is uh, Gregory, played by Tyler James Williams, of course, for playing the, known for playing the young Chris Rock. It's a really heartwarming, you know, I said it on the, in the article I wrote for the, the website that it's a, a, a love story to teachers. It really is, is showing how hard teachers, obviously teachers in the UK as well, but teachers in the US have a horrific job with so little money. And much of the story through the series is how they manage to do the job and get the resources they need um, with nothing. Gary, <laughs> and there's a, oh yeah, there's a really warning between uh, Janine and the new teacher, Gregory. He's, um, uh, he's very staid and serious and uptight and she's so joyous and he's immediately attracted to her, but she has she, a drop-dead boyfriend. She's very optimistic, isn't she? Yeah. And so idealistic in a way and the the as you say the older teachers are much more realistic and you know a bit more jaded um and it's done you know, it's mockumentary style this as well yeah. isn't it this you know the the old favorite uh gary thoughts on this one well i it, it, it's interesting that you say the mockumentary because i got real strong vibes are very similar to the american office and particularly parks and rec and very much the lead character reminds me of the amy polar character in Parks of Rep, this very optimistic, GG up kind of teacher who is surrounded by what you think are a number of incompetent people, but actually they turn out to be looking out for her. There's a wonderful, I, the, the, there's some scenes that I really loved. I really love the bit where the principal unveils the uh, money that she spent in the first episode on the plastic sign. That That is just pure comedy gold. Um, and just there are other little moments. I hope very similar to The Office and The Parks and Rec, they lose the mockumentary television uh, documentary style of it quite quickly because you don't need it. It's a good way to introduce all the characters, but much like Parks and Rec and The Office, they just become about the characters and the people and, as you say, the, the struggle of being a teacher in the inner cities. I did find this refreshingly quite funny. Uh, some real laugh-out-loud moments. I like the mix of characters. I like the fact that um, you've got a depth of people. I like the janitor, even though you don't know that much about him. Uh, but I like him. He's obviously the outsider character to start with. And I think I will watch more. Has been renewed for se season two, but I don't know how many episodes are going to be in. Yeah. I, I think that I think now the American network seems to be going away from that 22 yeah. episode model a lot more and, you know, streamlining it. And, and for me, this did feel very traditional but not in a bad way really this mm. you know had the laughs but also had that warmth to it and it you know quite low stakes in a way the, the first episode primarily is about her trying to get a new rug for her classroom because 
as we learn, there's one boy that actually really touched me that there's the one boy who yeah. sleeps on the rug because he doesn't get any sleep at home. And that is quite touching. There's also the moment where she meets Gregory first time and one of them's covered in urine and what's <laughs> covered in vomit. <laughs> and I, I did like, I think the, the ones initially that, that I sort of gravitated towards were the, the two veteran actresses, Lisa Ann Walter as Melissa, who's this like, mob connected like <laughs> teacher who manages to get all the philadelphia eagles rugs into the classrooms at the That's end that. and That's and cheryl lee ralph as barbara howard who is fantastic you know she's just got this presence to her which the 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 character has you know that you just see her entire class are just lined up you know silently outside uh, janine's classroom yeah, it's it's just a really lovely piece of TV. I think it's just like you know, there, there's not like a bad character in it. It's it's just very traditional. I think the the young actors as well are excellent who play the kids. You know, they're they're so good and the the comic timing really works. You know, there's that opening thing where one of the kids says that they watch American Gangster, um, and things yes. like that. But I, I mean, Dawn, obviously you've watched all of this, so you obviously love it. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really do. I think and I, I, what you said about low stakes and writers, every episode, the, you know, the, the main plot, it isn't anything huge at all. But each mm. time you get to see a little bit more of the, the, the characters' relationships with each other. And I think that's one of the things that's really well done throughout it, is it isn't just the two uh, t- yeah. teachers together and the two young ones or the love interest. Every character interacts with you, every other one. And they've all got their own role and story yeah. and their character, yeah. and I agree with you. And, and the other thing, that, that, that as, you, as you both have touched on, that I think the most successful American comedies do, they have these lovely moments of catharsis, lovely moments of, you say, the boy with the rug. you know. And, and, and as you say, they are highlighting a failing school in West Philadelphia, you know, and it's hard. And as you said, as you said, Dawn, it is almost a love letter to teachers of like, we understand these are the struggles that you guys have to go with through uh, that we don't see when we drop our kids off at the school. I don't have kids. But you know what I mean? When we drop our kids off at the school, we don't we don't see what happens till we pick them up again. Yeah. One of my best friends is a, is a teacher in Georgia and the little amount of money they get and resources. It's absolutely mm. astounded me. Even I know Britain doesn't do it perfectly, but even compared to Britain. And I think Abbott Elementary really highlights that, but in a clever way that you're it's not preachy. It's not tearing at your heart saying, look at these poor little children and they're deprived. And it doesn't do that, but it's telling that underneath it all. Uh, you're getting that that that, that message. Uh, I saw that um the horrific uh, school shooting the other week mm. uh, that Quinta Brunson had been approached by a lot of people to to you should include uh, a shooting. and she said absolutely not that's not what i'm here for that that it's not the tone of the show it's you know you can be aware of what teachers are going through without having something in your face like that 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 would take it in a very different direction i agree Uh, it it would be challenging television no doubt i mean they they used to do those in the 1980s didn't there was a a very special episode (laughs) of Well, it reminds, yes. me of that one. it reminds me of the press gang, you know, the special episode yeah. of press gang yeah. and things like that. We, we keep bringing up press gang, don't we? 
<laughs> you need, you need, Luke needs to do a retrospective for the website, I'm guessing. You know, that's, that's his role. I think it's uh, some of it's on Brickbox, I think. It's, I don't yeah, know if it's oh, it? Yeah. It's one of those shows that I don't know whether it would stand up, so I don't want to watch it. Enough, I, I, I rewatched it all last year and I, I still loved it. <laughs> so okay, I don't know. <laughs> they don't say that, Dawn. You, the local force you to write an article on it now. Yeah, that's right. Be, <laughs> stay fairly non-committal. Tell him you don't like writing. He'll just leave you alone. It's fine. Uh, well, if you missed the beginning there, Gary, she's written two articles. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think even though it does that classic, I learned something today sort of yeah thing. It's it's not done in a a saccharine way you know it's the both the episodes that me and gary watched had like the other teachers going janine you can't run yourself ragged you need to be there for the kids was basically the lesson that she learned but it's done in sort of a pointed way you know you've got those those veteran characters who were very much you know deal with as much as you can don't take so much on i I love the manicure scene in episode two where barbara takes gregory to oh yeah the same you know this this parent whose child arrives an hour late for school every day takes him to the same place to get his nails done next to her so he can tell her like you know this needs to happen give him the the courage to do it in a way you know it's something that i would think about watching again Again, but I've got so much to watch at the moment. It's probably not going to sort of reach the top of the list, but I can definitely see this as something that I would maybe put on, you know, if I didn't want to sort of concentrate on anything too hard. You know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. To me, this isn't going on my list. This is why when I don't want to watch the next thing on the list, I'll watch an episode of this mm. because this is the distraction. This is the light relief that I could use. Yes. I could see somebody binging it, obviously like Dawn did and maybe have an interest, but if not, this is a great in-between show. A tea show, you know, you, you, you watch yeah. it. In your yeah. <laughs> like we used to do with friends and the big bang theory. You, yeah, you, and, and Scrubs recently, Gary was one of your tea shows, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Scrubs and young Sheldon. I'm pretty much whipped through as part of my tea shows. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got a new tea show now. I've got a new tea show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is all there now. Abbott elementary all on Disney plus. Um, so yeah, we've come to the end of another podcast. Um, thank you very much for guys for joining me. Uh, should we just do Twitters again very, very quickly? Uh, yes, it's, mine is at the Gary show. Uh, no underscores or anything like that. Uh, and uh, come talk to me about television, football, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything. I don't care. At Dawn Glenn 2, Glenn with one N. <laughs> and uh, to talk to me about ships. Always happy to hear shipping stuff. Yeah, I'm at Matt's TV Bites, and the website is at Link Custard TV. And we will be back next week uh, with reviews of new Channel 4 drama Suspect and The Lazarus Project on Sky. Uh, but until then, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.